0: Well, I'd like to begin today by talking to you about uncertainty. Uncertainty is everywhere. When we think about the political climate in the United States of America, there's a lot of uncertainty. If you tend to vote and lean on the right, you're very uncertain about the left. And if you are lean towards the left in the way you vote, you're very uncertain about the right. And if you're in the radical middle, you're uncertain about everybody. Uncertainty plagues our political climate. Uncertainty can plague how we think about our jobs and our future and our finances Everyone is wondering or think, even no matter how much money you earn or make or don't make, people feel anxiety and uncertainty about money. Uncertainty is everywhere we look. It's in families. It's in politics. It's in business. It's in all your interpersonal relationships. Uncertainty exists everywhere we look. And so for most people, if we're really honest, people view times of uncertainty With a great sense of fear and anxiety. However, times of uncertainty and times like this are also extraordinary opportunities. Now, most of us don't think of them as opportunities, but really they are. They are extraordinary opportunities. Now, this month, we've been doing a series called The Leader Worth Following. And the reason we call the series A Leader Worth Following, The Leader Worth Following, is because we believe that Jesus is a leader who's worth following. Also, you are all leaders. At one point in your life or another, somebody is going to follow you. And even if you don't feel like a leader, there will come a time where someone's going to follow you. The question is, what kind of leader are you going to be? If you don't work at becoming a leader, if you don't cultivate the leadership skills in your life, by default, you will be an okay and potentially a bad leader. People don't wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to be a really bad leader. Bad leadership happens by default. We have to cultivate it. And so what we know is that uncertain times are extraordinary opportunities for leaders to offer this. To offer clarity. Uncertain times require clear directives. And the temptation for leaders is sometimes to feel the anxiety and allow it to to cause them to be paralyzed. But a leader worth following will push through the uncertainty and they will become clear about what they're trying to say, what they're trying to communicate and what they believe. So today I'm going to share with you about uncertainty and how to develop clarity in your life. We're going to look at the life of Jesus. And also we're going to be Spending a little bit of time offering some clarity about this church. So I'm going to pray and invite God's presence. Will you, will you pray with me? God, um, I ask that you would help me to speak as I should. That you would guide my words, lead me to say things I wasn't potentially going to say. Uh, that you would be speaking to us about how to become clear people, uh, clear leaders, God. Um, and I ask that you would just orchestrate this entire morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to be taking a look at Mark chapter 1. Now, if you want to follow along, we handed out some worship guides. They have a little something you can follow along. And also, you can follow along on the screens here. And if you want a Bible, you can look at Bible. But in in Mark chapter 1, we see that Jesus is starting his public ministry. And when Jesus starts his public ministry, he's, we see that he gets baptized. He goes out into the desert. He comes back. And by like the, the middle of the first chapter, Jesus is doing ministry. He walks into a town. He finds every sick person and he heals every sick person in the town. He does miraculous things throughout the town. Wow. What an extraordinary thing imagine you and me saying like, you know, I feel like I should go pray for people to get healed. We go down to the local hospital and we go room to room and we pray for people and we completely empty out the hospital. It would cause an uproar in the city. People would be like, Oh my gosh, what is going on here? Uh, They'd be like, Oh my God, what's going on here? And we would like, Oh Jesus. So anyway, um, so that's what Jesus does. He clears out everyone's healed. There's all these miraculous things. It's the end of the day. Uh, And he goes to sleep. And that's where we enter into this story. And we read the next day in verse 35. We read this. It says very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. What we see here is something really interesting. It says, everyone's looking for you. And Jesus says, okay, it's time to go. Don't you find that interesting? Put yourself in this situation. You are following a guy who just healed the whole town. And so what do you think the next logical, clear thing that you should tell your leader to do? We need Jesus, because I know what's going on. We need to set up shop, and we've got our ministry here. Everyone wants to know where you are. You need to start making public appearances. You need to start doing more miracles. We've got our thing going. This thing is happening. We are building momentum here in this town. We are absolutely clear that's what you're supposed to do. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, nope. Time to go to the next town. Wow. That's very different. The disciples thought they were clear on something, but Jesus was absolutely clear about something else. He was clear about his future, I believe, because he spent time in prayer. Look what it says. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. There was something about his connection to God. He dedicated time To God in lonely places, we see this throughout the Bible in Jesus' life. He spent time alone to get clear on what he was supposed to do. He got clear from God, his father. And his time with God gave him clarity. Here's what you need to know, leaders. Clear leaders seek clarity from above. Let me ask you a personal question. When you need to get clear about something, what do you do? Do you go to all the friends that you know will agree with your opinion to confirm the bias that you already have? Or do you go to God? Or Have you ever done this? Should I date him or not date him? Well, I'll just go to the three friends that really like him and ask him. And then they go, what do you know? 100% of my friends love him. I should probably date him. You know, that doesn't work. Do I just go? It's called confirmation bias. You go to where you want to go to get the confirmation that you want. When you want to get clear about something, what do you do? Do you make a pro list and a con list and just list them out in your head? Or do you worry and become crippled with anxiety? Followers of Jesus and people who want to become leaders who are worth following must learn to seek God. We do this. The only way we do this is by spending time submitting ourselves to God by not doing anything else and we say God will you speak to my heart will you speak to my mind there's just something very clear about when Jesus is a, a who who is God when he's here on earth he spends time alone trying to hear from God his father how much more should we be trying to seek and hear God's voice amen by looking to God for clarity we are positioning ourselves to get cleared clarity from god supernatural power and insight that we just can't get if we ask our friends to confirm our biases or if we make pro and con lists there is there is wisdom and clarity that comes from above that you have access to and all you need to do is ask all you need to do is take and if you're not used to it, all you do is take 5 minutes every day say god i want to hear from you and his voice gentle it's quiet it speaks to our hearts and our minds it's confirmed by other believers and that's how you can get clear on on uh, from above second thing uh, well let me well let me just tell you a quick story how did i i want to tell you a story about this church when we wanted to start this church uh it was at first it was a little unclear um when we moved here in 2015 the first nine months we bounced around to different churches and we were like, God, are you sure you want us to start a new church? And, um, and we, were just, we were just like uncertain. We didn't have that, that feeling in our heart where we knew we were supposed to do it. And I remember like we had different opportunities and people would approach us about like those opportunities. And it looked promising. It wasn't about a career anymore. It was about trying to figure out how to do the right thing. And we were just always hesitant. Just didn't feel right. And then I remember in May of 2016, uh, some of my friends, Jay, uh, Jay Pathak and Corey Garris, they did this little innocent thing where they said, why don't you come on this church planning retreat with us in Denver? We'll fly you out and just see what happens. And I go, I know, I know the game. You guys are going to see. And so I go, okay, I'll take a free trip to Denver. So I go to Denver. Uh, we fly to Denver. We go up to Breckenridge. It's off season, so they've got this huge, enormous thing. So the skiing isn't happening, but we're in this huge... <laughs> Huge thing, and they put us all in a living room, about 30, 40 of us. There's all this food and people, and all these talented people around, and like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but I was there five minutes. We started worship, and in those five minutes, it, I started to weep and weep and weep. And you know why I was weeping? Because I knew that I knew. I had clarity. It was God's Spirit speaking to me. It was so clear. I remember to this day, it was so clear. It says, "Plant the church." Plant the church. Take the risk. And I go, God, I don't know how to do this. And I'm mad at this person and no one and this and that and the other. And just just the emotions that were working through me. I was like, this has got to be God. So what did I do to check to see if it was from God? I talked to Jay and Corey. They go, "We we cannot... Find a reason why you wouldn't go forward. This is the Lord. So I talked with Nikki. And then we talked with other advisors in our life. And it was all confirmed. There is no way we could have started this church unless we received some sort of external clarity that came from above. The the same is possible for you, too. That there is clarity out there that only God can give you. There's clarity about certain relationships in your life. There's God offers some clarity about the direction of your life, your career, your vocation. He offers it to you, but he only offers it if you seek it. So what will you do to position yourself to experience him, to experience that clarity that only he can offer? Well, that's number one. Let me give you number two. Uh, Clear leaders get clear on their mission get clear on their mission. Now I'm going to jump over to a different part of the Bible in Luke chapter four. And in Luke chapter four, we get this picture that Jesus knows what he's supposed to do. And he says this, he says, Jesus, it says this in Luke four, verse starting in verse 14. It says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. When we read this, we see that Jesus is absolutely clear about what God is doing in him and what God is doing through him. He is clear about his mission to people. His mission, what is it? We see it's his mission is to bring good news. His mission is to proclaim freedom for people, prisoners, prisoners who are actually physically prison, and prisoners who are prisoned in their own mind and their own. Hard. There's, uh, uh, his mission is to bring freedom to the oppressed. Let me ask you another question. Are you confident on your mission? The thing that is set before you. Are you convinced that you know that you know that you know that you know that you are on the right mission, your right purpose right now? Now, I don't believe that you need to know everything about the future. What I have found is God is not always clear about everything that's going to happen in your future or my future. And here's how I know. Because if I knew everything, if God just downloaded to me everything that was going to happen for the next six to eight months, you know what wouldn't happen anymore? There wouldn't be any trust between God and me. And there wouldn't be any exercising of faith. Do you know why? Because I would just go out and just try to accomplish all this stuff. God doesn't always tell me everything because he knows I have a tendency to run ahead and do things on my own. So some, for some of you, though, that God does want to provide a level of clarity about your purpose, your mission in life. For some of you, it's the chase after the wild dream. Everyone has a dream. Some of you have the realistic dream and some of you have the wild dream. So for some of you, that is to chase after the wild dream. For others of you, it's to pull off on the wild dream and pursue the thing that's right in front of you. God brings clarity on your purpose, your mission, what you're supposed to be doing. Just as Jesus was clear, I'm here to bring freedom. I'm here to bring sight to the blind. I'm here to proclaim the Lord's favor. That's what I'm here to do. So too, does Jesus offer that ability to you? I'm supposed to take care of my family. I'm supposed to care about these relationships. I'm supposed to pursue this kind of work. God makes it clear what you're to do. And here's what happens. When you get clear on your purpose, your mission for right now, everything else becomes clearer. How you spend your time becomes clearer. Who you spend your time with becomes more obvious. Because your life isn't floating just trying to figure it out. It's mission driven. You're connected to the mission that God has for you. And out of that is a cascading effect through the rest of your life. It changes your schedule. It can even change your eating habits. It can change everything about you. Because you're clear about what God has called you to do. You see... The issue with uncertainty is, well, the issue is this. The goal of leadership is not to eradicate uncertainty. That will never happen. Rather, it is to navigate it. Uncertainty is found everywhere. And uncertainty just calls for leadership. Where you will find uncertainty, you have great opportunities to lead. And so you've got to remember that clarity is perceived as leadership. It creates its own influence. It creates its own momentum. And here's how you create a crystal clear picture of how the future should look. When you are leading people and you're trying to help navigate them or yourself through any kind of uncertainty, here's what I suggest. I suggest starting with why, then talking about what, and then talking about how. Why. Why are we going to do this? Why are we headed this direction? Here's why we're making this decision. Then talk about what. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to focus on. Here's what we're going to lead people to. And then there's the how. Here's how we're going to do it. And when you get clear, you are actually protected from making bad decisions. And I don't know if you know this, but occasionally as a leader... You'll make bad decisions. But if you're clear about where you're going, it won't destroy you as a leader. It won't disqualify you. People will still follow you even if you make an occasional bad decision. Again, let me give you an example of this church. We started this church, started growing it in 2016. We officially launched in the fall of 2018. Since we launched, we have made good decisions And we have made bad decisions, but you know what? We have survived the bad decisions that we've made, mainly the ones I've made, the bad decisions that I've made because we, as a church and a board, we've offered clarity about why we're doing what we're doing and what we're doing. And sometimes the how didn't work out exactly the way we wanted, but people have stuck with us because we're clear about what we're going. You understand our heart as a church. We understand our hearts for each other and that's how it works. So get clear with the people you lead or the people you will potentially lead because when you are clear, it helps you to focus clearly on what's in front of you and it helps the others to understand how to onboard with you. And so let me give you one other thing and then I'm going to switch gears. Um, Clear leaders, remember that clarity of vision is more important than certainty of outcome. Clarity of vision is more important than certainty of outcome. Great leaders, they need to learn to be flexible. Uncertainty will wreak havoc on your plans, but don't allow uncertainty to derail your vision. There's an interesting quote. It says uh, by Andy Sand. it says, pencil in your plans and etch your vision in stone. I've heard it said another way. It says, marry your, marry your mission and date your model that you're clear about where you're going, but sometimes plans change. Now, again, this church used to just be an idea. And really, it's really grown into something else. And what I'd like to do right now is to offer some clarity about this church. And if this is your first time here, what an exciting time for you to be here because we're going to offer some clarity. And if you've been coming here since the beginning, also very exciting because we're about to share some news with you. And I give you a little update. Are you ready? Okay, cool. I will keep going then. Now the leader team at Pacific city church, we've met and we've assessed and we've come to a few important findings and a few important ideas about our future as a church. Now, let me just talk to you about our past before we launched this church the Pacific city church leadership team held a hypothesis. And that hypothesis was there was an opportunity to do something different as a church. And that different thing was, we felt like we could connect with people who are disconnected from God and invite them into our life here as a church. We felt like we wanted to build a church that didn't just exist for itself, but it existed for the city that our impact would go far beyond what I say on Sunday mornings, that it would be something that would live in us as we move throughout uh, the city. We wanted a place where the unchurched and the de-church could enter into a relationship with Jesus. We understood there was a need for a both-and kind of church where they would welcome outsiders and train up and equip Jesus' followers to grow in their their walk with God and to grow in their vocation and what God has called them to do. So that was our hypothesis. And then on September 30th, we launched the church and we got to see this vision become a reality. Now, on September 30th, we launched with, I don't know, there's 170 people that showed up here on the first week. And our goal was to have approximately half of them stick with us. And we have successfully done that. Now, uh, we average anywhere from 60 to 80 who worship with us on the weekends. We think we serve about 120 people total. But as you know, church in LA, no one goes to church every week. So <laughs> that's, just the fact, that's just the facts. The national, this is a new, new Genera study recently found that an average full time church attender in the United States goes 1.7 times per month. I think that number is closer to one time a month. If you're a full-time attender in this church, you may go here 12 times a year. That's just the facts of it. So, so we have an average attendance of around 60 to 80 people. Here are some interesting things. We've seen since the launch 33 weeks ago, we've seen 40 people make commitments to follow Jesus Christ. That is an incredible number. Yeah. Yeah. 40 people that have said, hey, you know what? I don't know what I believe about God, but I know now. And I'm not sure I know exactly what this Jesus thing is, but I know he's real. And I know I want to follow him. 40 people in a church of this size. That's incredible. We've seen 45 people join our dream team. We've seen uh, 28 people go through something called Faith Walking 101. Faith Walking is this whole idea of we think it's impossible for your spiritual maturity to outpace your emotional maturity. Well, what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of people who seem to know a lot about God in the Bible, but they're really terrible people to be around. We don't want to be like that. We want to have uh, total like uh, clarity about who we are and have it match up with what we're trying to follow with Jesus. We saw like 20 people go through that and a little over half, 15 of those people decided to go through, pay money and go through 201, Faith Walking 201. The result has been healthier conversations and healthier relationships uh, in this church. Uh, we've seen 20 organic outreach events happen throughout our city. What do I mean by organic? Uh, I said, we should probably do some of those things. And people just ran off and did them. They threw parties, they gathered people, they went out, they did things all together. Uh, We've seen two times a month, social good events happening in the city. Uh, Our monthly, well, you, uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but it takes money to run this. Our monthly revenue has been steady. That's really good. And here's one of the most interesting statistics of all. We have found through a survey that about 20% of the people who show up on any given Sunday in our church don't really have a relationship with Jesus or are unsure of what they believe. We call that unchurched or dechurched. Why is that significant? It means there are people sitting around you probably right now that are unsure about what they believe. And that is very uncommon when it comes to church. Most of the time, church people only have church people around them. What we have successfully done, even though we're a smaller, on the smaller size, we've successfully created an environment where people can explore, we can learn from them, and they can learn from us. Yes, we follow Jesus, but people are welcome to sit here and figure out and process what they believe. This is a huge discovery. So uh, all, all, that, all that to say is we discovered that when we call people to Christ in our services, people respond. People are looking for a church where everybody gets to play. Um, this is not a place where Chris Meekins just runs around and does everything. There's a lot of people participating in a lot of levels. We think that is a big discovery. We were unsure if that was going to work and it worked. People are stepping in and serving in new and exciting ways. People desire to become emotionally balanced and healthy. We've seen people who are overcoming addictions, hungry for what God has for them in this church. Do you know how important that is? We are offering something where people, you know, is addictive. But because of this church, it has been helpful in keeping me from those addictive patterns, those addictive behaviors. Uh, We found that people are not just interested in sitting here, but really committing to the social good of the city. And we have found that there are women who are looking for a church that will empower them to crush the glass ceiling in church world. The, a church that empowers women that says, hey, we, there, you know, it's been said, this has been said in the past, but we believe that women can do anything and should do anything. And what we're going to do is promote women in this church as God calls and empowers them to do their work in this church and in this city. And it's been awesome. We have so many women coming up in the ranks or, and in leadership and are doing so many good things. In this church and through this church that we just found that we, we, we just stumbled. We thought all the churches were doing it. But what we discovered is that, they're, uh, this is that they are and we're able to add to that. Anyway, I kind of backed off a little bit there. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we, we, we are very excited uh, about all those things. So as a board and a leadership team, we got together and we talked about these things and we celebrated them. And we noticed among us that there was this feeling of holy discontent. What is holy discontent? Well, it's different than regular discontent. Regular discontent is, I don't like my sandwich. Can I get a new sandwich? And the waiter helps you get a new sandwich. Holy discontent is like, something is not quite right. And I think the desire to do something different is coming from, from God. There, God puts, so, his, by the power of his spirit, it puts something on your heart where you say, Hey, this is like, this is like something that... Um, you know, we've got to work on and uh, we, that, that God wants us to do more. So as we prayed and we considered how we might join up with what God's doing, we realized that we have been blessed to be a blessing that we shouldn't just exist uh, for ourselves. And our experience has been so great, but it's not just for us that it's meant to be shared with others. God wants us to share how we do life together with other people that God wants us to share Our supernatural approach for hearing from God with other people that God wants us to be a resource for the city for healthier lives and healthier marriages and healthier relationships and stronger families. And that is why as a team, the leader team and the board have met. We have decided to do this on in September, the middle of September. Pacific City Church will host something brand new. We're calling it launch day 2019. And launch day 2019 are six ministries that are not just for us, but they are for the city. We will launch six ministries that are laser focused on seeing God do more of what God has already been doing. And on a single Sunday, we will launch these ministries and they will begin to do what we believe God has called us to do. There are six specific areas where we said this. Yes, this is where God has been working in the church. Six areas that would not only encourage our congregation, but provide a larger opportunity for more people to experience a life-giving relationship with Jesus. We also realize that in these six areas that have already, I'll lay them out in a minute, but um, all of these six areas that uh, we have, um, they've already been happening in the church. But because we're a smaller staff, they've been kind of been running through me. And what we found is that people didn't know that we were actually doing these things. So our hypothesis is, since we're already doing these things, basically, why don't we launch them? Why don't we build a team of amazing leaders to support them? And why don't we create launch teams to help effectively launch these ministries in the city? we would be effectively leading more people both inside and outside the church to experience the life-giving power of the resurrected Jesus. So, quick question. Would you like to hear what we're going to do? Yes. yes. All right, good. All right, cool. Um, so, I'm going to give you all six right now. First one is called PAC City Social. What is Pack City Social? Pack city It's a ministry. We're going to create events throughout the year. What we have found over the last year is that when we create events with church people and people that don't follow Jesus and we put them in a room, something happens. Relationships are formed and some of those people come to faith in Jesus and we learn from other people. So PAC City Social, anywhere from 24 to 36 events over the course of the next 12 months, starting in September. Next ministry, Pack City Impact. This is a ministry that will house our social justice ministry. We've been doing stuff with Upward Bound and OPCC, but we're going to include some uh, uh, some opportunities around entrepreneurship and faith and work. Uh, we want to have an impact in the city that's meaningful, and Pack City Impact will focus on that. And there's people in this room that have a heart to do that kind of thing. And we're going to empower you to do it. Third one, Pack City Women. We want a ministry that helps women to encounter God, discover community, and live out their impact in the city. What would it look like for women to come together, to encourage each other, to help each other to grow, and to help each other flourish in this city of Los Angeles? There's Pack City Empower. This will house our Empowered Life Ministry. Everything that we're doing in terms of listening prayer and helping people to grow healthier in terms of a... Uh, Faith walking, we're going to offer that to people. When people grow closer to God uh, and people are tapped into God's Holy Spirit, things change. Uh, The fifth one, Pack City Community. We have three community groups. We are going to continue to grow those community groups, and we're going to offer additional discipleship opportunities for people. There's people that want to grow in their education of the Bible. We'll offer that. There's people that need a group that meets on a certain day or a men's group or a women's group. We will offer that. And we recognize that it's not just about having an impact or throwing parties, but there needs to be real community where you're around other people who know you and you know them. That's where the life change happens. And then lastly, Pack City Family. We've recognized that there's families here, but, but we haven't really organized in such a way where we want to have an impact on families who are outside of this church and who are interested in this church. So what do we do to create great family ministry so it's fun on Sundays, but really it brings families together to grow and network and learn from each other? By God's grace, over this next summer, we're going to grow these ministries And we're going to officially launch them in September. Uh, We'll offer this in terms of leadership. There will be 25 new leaders that can step into these roles. And we're hoping to see lots of people find Jesus through this. And so, um, you know, I I just will real briefly, I want to share how we're going to do this. In phase one, this is May and June. We're actually going to get clear about the teams. We're actually going to clarify the win for these uh, ministries. We're actually going to locate the leaders. And uh, and, yeah, we're going to empower these leaders to build a strategy. Again, this isn't going to be invented by me. It's going to be invented by the leaders coming together and saying, hey, here's the wins. Here's what we're going to do for the next year. Phase two, June to August. We're actually going to run interest meetings and interest socials for, uh, for each of the ministries. And we're going to gather people both inside the church and outside the church that want to help us launch these ministries. There are people in your life who care about the so, uh, social justice aspects in this city. They care about serving the poor and they want to join up with a church that's willing to do that. We are going to give you the opportunity to invite them to something to see if this is something that they want to be a part of. And the same for women, and the same for PAX City Social, etc. So we're going to grow. We're going to kind of build those teams. We're going to equip those launch teams and then September we're gonna launch it. That's about the time of our one year anniversary. On our one year anniversary we're gonna have a big party and celebrate and that will start the launch of these ministries. And over the course that that leads us to number of phase number four. Um, Once we launch these strategies We expect to see people come into the church who were looking for this church. We expect people to come to faith in Christ. We expect people to be able to join up and do the thing that's on their heart, whether it's community or social or some sort of discipleship or education. These offerings will empower the city. And isn't that what we're doing here? We're trying to exist not just for ourselves, but for the city. And we think this will work. And so um, I'm just going to close by saying this. There's three ways that you can help. You can pray for us. God, I ask that you would help them. That hey God, I ask that you would bless this. These are great things. that They have big, audacious goals. God, I ask that you would uh, give them everything they need. Give them the leaders they need. Get, provide the finances. Second thing you can do is give. Three ways to give. You can tithe. You can, um, you can buy a shirt, sell a shirt. You're going to hear more about that later. But basically... We're going to raise money to be able to do this. I mean, we're expanding. Uh, and then you can consider a one-time gift. Um, I'll talk more about that later, but you can give. You can pray for us. You can give. And then the third thing is you can go. Um, we There's opportunities for you to lead. Some of you feel led to join up with one of these ministries. You can be a part of one of the leader teams, or you can be a part of one of the launch teams. Maybe you're not ready to be a leader. But you're like, you know what? I believe in this ministry. I'm going to help it launch. I'm going to help it get off the ground and then assess how it goes from there. That is something that you can do. And so in closing, I want you to pray and I want you to consider, God, where might you be leading me? Is it to help with Pack City Social? Is it to help with the impact? Or is it, God, are you really leading me to work with other women and launch something or something? or to empower or community, or whatever it is. God, what is it that you're doing here that you want to tell me that I need to personally align with you, something that will bring spiritual insights to more people in this city? Now, in the coming weeks, we're going to be rolling this out, but I just thought I'd offer you a clarity about where the church is going and uh, give that an opportunity for you to hear it as we begin to launch um, the plan for launch day 2019. Now, if you're interested in learning more, There's going to be some interest meetings that are coming up. I will get in touch with you about that. Uh, Jesse has a card for you guys. Uh, I'm going to ask you to fill this out. I know it's kind of weird, but we're doing something a little different today. But, like, um, thank you, you two. Just, you know, Jesse and Dan. Pastor Jesse and uh, Mr. Dan. Uh, So These little cards, we want to know. Well, I want to know. I want to know if you're interested. And so what I'm asking you to do is take a pen and just fill that out right now. Right. Hey, I'm interested. Or you fill out your name, put your email in, and in the margins, if you're not interested, you go, I am not interested. And what I want you to do is just do that because it will give us a sense about who to follow up with and how. And you can indicate those different ministries on there. So I'm asking for the sake of everyone, I'm asking everyone to fill it out. Even if you're never coming back to this church again, just fill it out. And here's how I know you don't want to be a part of it, right? Praying for you. And then I'll know if you're not a part of it. For those of you that God is speaking to you, this is something that you want to do. And so what we want to do is help you get to the right people and start to get ready for launch day 2019, where we believe that God has done an amazing thing so far. And God is going to continue to do amazing things uh, going uh, going into year number two. So, amen. I'm going to just give you a minute. I'm going to invite the band to come back up and you fill that out. Um, And in just a second, uh, we're going to worship together. But I'll just say this in closing. Let's create a church where everyone gets to play. Let's create a church where people can experience the power of God. We've done that already. Let's do more of it. Let's offer it. To the people in this city who want it and need it, let's, let's be the church that we should be for our city. And, and also, let's have some fun. We're going to have some fun doing this. So, amen, amen. Why don't we all stand?